okay? Yes. Sure. Good morning. Rob just touched upon a concept that has been rocking my world recently, and it's that God is here, and uh, we don't have to conjure him up, okay? So, he's here, right? (laughs) Amen. Um, This morning, I'm really, really privileged to be speaking in front of you because uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this said before, but people who speak are often speaking to themselves before they're speaking to uh, the congregation. And they're often teaching to themselves and working through their own issues before they're even helping others do that. So I really hope and pray that this morning, my working through my stuff (laughs) will be helping you guys work through your stuff. Um, So the title of this message is Getting to Know Holy Spirit. And um, so as I was preparing for... uh, this, for speaking this morning in the last several days, I could not get the song from the king and I out of my head, getting to know you. And I was like, this song is, is, is it's, it's, it's not making me feel it. It's not, ma- why is this in my head? I, <laughs> this is really annoying. Get out of my head. But the song would not leave my head. So I brought it into this morning. <laughs> so I would get into your, your, your heads as well. Um, but God actually spoke something funny to me um, through that song. I think it's, I think it's like 65 years old by now. Um, (laughs) But it's that before we get to know God, God is already in the business of getting to know us. And you might say, what do you mean? Doesn't God know everything about us? And doesn't God know everything? Hasn't he created the world? Yes, I believe all of that. I agree with all that. I affirm all of that. But God before we could ever have, begin, uh, have begun getting to know him, he was in the business of forging a relationship with us. And that's why we're here this morning. That's why we can sing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Because he welcomed us first. Um, so, that's, that's how I want to start this morning. Amen? Amen. Ground rules, every time I speak, uh, is you can raise your hand, you can tell me to adjust the mic, uh, and, you know, interruptions are welcome. They help me. Um, and we have a little bit of a twist this morning. I'm not going to go too long. Uh, so what does it take to get to know someone? Right? When we say, I know, oh yeah, I know, I know him. What do we mean? Because I feel as though there is a range of our understanding of what knowledge of someone or something is. Okay? I could talk about, for, ex- for instance, one of my brothers. I'm not going to mention which one. But you can tell me, you, oh yeah, I know him. He likes chopping trees and arguing about politics. Okay? And I can tell you, you know about him. But if that's all you know about him, you don't really know him. I know more about him. <laughs> I can tell you the kind of things he's passionate about. I can tell you that he's really passionate about fresh vegetables grown in the backyard, eating cucumbers. (laughs) He's passionate about these things. Because I've been able to get to know him in my life. Uh, You can tell me, oh yeah, I know your mom. You know, she's an artist. Uh, And I can tell you, yes, my mother is an artist. (laughs) But there's so much more to knowing her, knowing her heart, knowing what she loves to see 
in the lives of her children and, and her extended family and her church family. And I could tell you, yeah, the art, that's there, but there's a deeper desire in her to see life, to see abundant life for the people around her. Because I've been able to get to know her. I've been able to experience what it's like for, you know, to, for mom to pick me up when I fell on the floor when I was five years old, 10, 12, 15. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've had that experience with her. Because she's a real person, not just some statistics and qualities and characteristics. Um, the online dating thing is a funny thing. And I'll, I'll comment on it for one second. But if, if I, don't, I don't expect many of you to have ever online dated, but, and neither have I, but I have perused the, 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 the way that these kinds of things happen. Uh, and um, when you're online dating, you put all these characteristics about yourself. Of course, you fill them out. They may or may not be true. And you're supposed to end up getting matched to somebody else based on just a few very surface-level things about you. Um, that's not knowledge of someone. <laughs> it takes a lot of time and it takes encounter to get to know people. It takes living life with people to get to know people. So what about God? Right? Can we get to know God? When we talk about reading His Word, are we learning about Him? Or are we getting to know God? I want to open up to today's scripture. And if you guys would like, you can open up to John 14, although we're going to have it on the screen. And I skip around a little because I'm emphasizing something. I'll open it up as well. And I'm going to read to you because the disciples were just like us. The disciples were people that struggled with getting to know God. There is a common misconception, and I think it's, it's common to every society, every culture, every generation ever. And it's that we get to thinking that God is far off. And we get to thinking that if God exists, well, He surely can't care about us. He surely can't be in our midst. We might not even be able to talk about him as a person. There may be a power far off, but this God is, is far away. There may be some who understand. You know, there might be some wise people who have studied the secrets and you know, know where the national treasure about God is located underneath the White House or whatever. But God is far away. This is, this is something we get caught up in. Every generation has gotten caught up in this. And this, this was common to the disciples. So let's read through their struggle. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 1. And then we'll skip a little. Just follow me. Jesus is saying, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am, and you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. 
If you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, I've been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? I'll move to 15. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. And we close with 25 to 26. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Amen. That is the word of the Lord. So, there's a, there's a scandal, okay? There is something blowing the minds of the disciples. There's a cultural revolution going on in Jesus, but it's not just a cultural revolution, right? There's a, there's a political revolution going on in Jesus, but it's not even just that. That's way too simple, and it's way too worldly for it just to, for it just to describe what, what Jesus did. There's a spiritual uh, revolution going on in Jesus. There's a revolution going on in this man, Jesus. And his disciples have been following him. And they've been following him. And and they don't get it, but they are wowed. They are surprised. They are touched. They've been healed. They've been delivered. So they're like, who is this Jesus? We're trying to get him. He's telling us something about God. And that's it right there. The disciples think that Jesus still has more to tell them about God. They're looking for the secret. The disciples are looking for that that mysterious knowledge that that would finally get them to reach to the higher place, to the higher level of enlightenment, and and, and all these things that we hear people talk about in in Eastern um, spiritualities and Western philosophy. But Jesus isn't talking about something higher. He's actually talking about something that's right here. He's saying, and we've heard this, okay? We've heard this perhaps many times. Maybe some of us haven't heard it that much. Um, But Jesus is saying, I'm the way, okay? And the disciples are like, okay, Jesus is the way. Jesus Jesus got the secret. Let's keep following Jesus. Let's keep following Jesus. What can he tell us more about God? We're, we're, we're dying to know what the secret is about God that will give us life, that will give us freedom. And Jesus is staring them in the face and he's saying, listen to me. I'm not telling you the ways over there. I'm not telling you keep following me and then I'll eventually, if you're good enough, give you the secret. He's saying, look, I'm here. I am the way. I am the way. And uh, t- it's really funny because two of the disciples, after Jesus so clearly tells them this, Thomas comes and he's like, okay, Jesus, you're the way, but 
where's the way going to? He's like, give me the secret, Jesus. Like, and Thomas is, is uh, I mean, and Jesus is like, you don't get it yet. You don't get it. And uh, Philip comes, comes uh, I mean, he's there, and Philip interrupts. But he, he wants to know what the Father is like. He's like, okay, Jesus, you're telling us about the way, you're, you live a crazy life, but what's the Father like? And Jesus is, is just, I, the man had so much patience. He had infinite patience. And he's just, oh, Philip, you, you, don't you understand? Don't you understand I've, what I've been telling you this whole time? He's here. You, you're seeing it. There are no secrets. God is here. Okay? So this is a scandal. <laughs> this is like a, it's just, it's so beyond what the disciples have ever experienced. It's so beyond what their society has told them. It's so beyond what their religion has told them. That God is here. And, but Jesus understands this. Okay? In his infinite wisdom and his infinite patience, he understands this. And he says, okay, guys. I know you're having trouble with this. And he knows he's going to have to die. Jesus knows he's going to have to die. He knows he's going to have to die and conquer death. But he knows what's going to happen after. He's, gonna, he's telling the guys, listen, you're going to have a helper. I know you can't get it. And that's why I'm going to the cross. I know you can't save yourselves. And that's why I'm going to the cross. And I promise you, there's going to be a helper who helps you to get it every step of the way. And that, he says, is the advocate. The Greek word uh, refers to like a, a legal, someone in, in, um, who's a lawyer who comes alongside um, someone in the trial and keeps reminding them of the truth of the case. Okay? It's somebody who knows your case, knows that you're, you're, you're innocent, they know how you became innocent. In this case, it has to do with what Jesus is going to do. And he always reminds you, listen, this, this victory is yours. God has won this victory. Jesus is going to the cross for you, and I'm here with you. You're a child of God. And that's the greatest reminder. We're told later on in Romans 8, we're told that the thing that the advocate the Holy Spirit comes to remind us of is that you are a child of the living God. Okay? You don't have to worry. You don't have to attempt to understand higher wisdom about God. You don't have to attempt to achieve for yourself, to, be, to better yourself, to be a self-made man, a self-made woman. I'm here. I'm helping you do all the things I created you to do. You're my child. You're my daughter. You're my son. Uh, can we get Romans 8 up there? I can read it to you as well. Romans 8, uh, 14 to 16. says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. 
For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. We have this great reminder. He's not just a force. He's not just a feeling. We have this person, this person of the Godhead with us. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, reminding us that you are children of God. And that's the most powerful truth in the world. That is the truth with which we overcome. Uh, it's, I, I, sometimes I get caught up thinking that it's about psychology and that um, if I can train myself to withstand difficulty and kind of focus on things that may, you know, give me energy or make me, then I'll be okay. Or I can get caught up in trying to distract myself you know, from, from, from suffering around us. Um, but the one thing that overcomes, the one thing that overcomes is knowing I'm a child of the living God. Because when you know you're a child of the living God, nothing can touch you. No one can touch you. If God is for us, who can be against us? No one can touch you when you're a child of the living God. And this is the scandal, right? This is why Jesus was able to face his disciples and say, listen, I'm going to go to the cross. And you guys are going to, some of you are going to go to crosses. But you are going to be with me through it all. And the kingdom is going to be happening here. It's going to be being established here. Because you are proving to the world that you're children of God. And it's, it's the most powerful tr- truth in the world. It changes everything. Uh, so without further ado, um, this, getting a sense of sonship or daughtership, our childhood in, in Christ, is the most powerful thing uh, that we have available to us. And I would like, instead of preaching another seven to ten minutes about it, I'd like to invite uh, somebody who many of you know well who's going to share how the Holy Spirit has changed his life uh, in recent months. So I'm going to invite Jeff Jeff up. Let's welcome Jeff. Come Jeff. (laughs) You this? You this? Yeah. All right. Hi. (laughs) Um, Hike asked me a few weeks ago to uh, help him out with this uh, um, so I just want to start out by saying that a little over 10 years ago I read a book and that book showed me a little bit about God and Jesus and um, Um, showed me that I knew of him, but I didn't know him. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know that he loved me, even though I didn't know who he was. Um, And then almost 10 years ago, on an October night at Cornerstone Christian Church, Jesus came into my heart. And uh, 
and uh, it, it, he, he saved me. And uh, that same night, my friend who took me through that prayer that brought me to Jesus told me that he goes, you're going to have some struggles. It's going to be tough. You know, nothing worthwhile is easy. And he told me, your first five years, people are going to be pulling on you. People, old people that knew you, your old friends are going to be trying to pull you away. New people are trying to learn who you are. And, uh, and I was looking in my journals and stuff over the past couple of weeks. And my first five years, I thought were a breeze. And everything Rob gave me, every book Rob gave me, I ate it. I devoured those books and, and, and absorbed all that stuff. And Rob told me, now I need you to read the Gospels. And then after you're done with the Gospels, do Acts and then go back to the beginning and start all over again and just keep pouring yourself into that word. Um, my last five years, to me, have been the roughest. Um, I've been feeling the pull away. I've been uh, pulled off the path. Instead of concentrating on him, I've allowed things on either side to pull me away. And I've been surly. I, I admit it. Right, Tom? <laughs> I've been surly. I, I've been uh, gruff with people. And if I have, and if I've hurt anybody, I apologize. Because I can tell you right now, this room right here, I love everybody in this room. I love you all. Because I know one thing, you all love me. Um, a few weeks ago, I've been praying Monday mornings with uh, the pastors and Marie. And we've been praying for everybody in the church. We've been praying for... And uh, this one particular day, Marie said to me, Jeff, can I pray for you? And I said, yes. And she started to pray, and she started to tell of something that was in me, something that was blocking. During the prayers of from Omar, from Rob, from Hike, from Marie. I felt as though something was pulling, pulling me out, pulling, being pulled out of me. And I know it was something that God did not want in me. And with the help of their prayers, that thing was pulled out. I have to tell you, I cried like a baby. I made Rob look like a sissy when it comes to crying. <laughs> One of the things I realized there, right in that moment, was that there was other people who loved me, even though I didn't love myself. After that moment, I felt empty. I, Rob walked me to the parking lot. It's a good thing he was there because I was going to go down. 
Power's going to go down. And he prayed for me. I went home that day. And I literally went to my knees in my home. And I asked Spirit, please, fill me. Replace that emptiness of whatever was torn out of me. Please fill me. I've read a book. I've actually read two books. And both books have to do with the Holy Spirit. The first book I read, I've learned that we usually take the Holy Spirit for granted. That we don't allow Him to know who we are. And in turn, because we don't allow Him to know who we are, we don't get to know who He is. And, and, and a lot of people think that the Holy Spirit is just the third part of the Trinity, and that's it. Not true. The Holy Spirit is as important as the other two parts of the Trinity. It's, it's just that, the way it is. And I've learned that. And I've learned to talk to Him. And I'm trying to learn how to listen to Him. And there's been times, there's been times that He has been there. And He has, and I have listened to Him. And when you do listen to Him, and it, and it gets inside of you, Man, I'll tell you something. There is no better feeling in the world. None. No better feeling. So, I... Excuse me. It's been a long time. Ten years. This year. October 13th, to be exact. But it seems like it was such a short time. But in part of that time that I wasn't paying attention, I regret. But then God tells me, no regrets. None. You don't regret anything. Don't worry about those times when you weren't listening to me. I forgive you. Forgiveness. <laughs> Forgiveness is so important. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for you forgiving me. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling my body and filling my heart and filling my mind. And I thank you, Lord. God, for your Son, Jesus Christ, who came into this world to save me. And I thank you, Jesus, for going upon the cross and taking my sins with you. And by your blood, I am clean. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling my soul 
And I pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Amen. Amen. So, we want to make this a Kairos moment, right? Because this is a Kairos moment. This is a moment that is, is not just passing time, but this is a moment where we're noticing God speaking to us. Uh, so I want to encourage you all and exhort you all in two areas. Um, so if you're, if you're thinking, what do we do? This is the time to pay attention. We can get caught up asking the Lord to be with us. Let's stop that. Let's be declarers of the fact that God is with us. So one, let's change the way we pray. I'm not going to say, God, be with me. God, come. God, I'm going to say, God, you're here. God, I know you're here. And then I'm going to start my prayer with the knowledge that he's here. So God is here. Two, what are we going to do? We have this authority as children of God when we're tempted, uh, when we're depressed, uh, when, there, when there are attacks against, against us. We have the following weapon, and it's the most powerful weapon we have. It, this is the, the, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And one of the most powerful things He teaches us is, you're my children. So we're going to remember this. We're going to be able to say, I'm a child of the living God. You can repeat after me. I'm a child of the living God. And that's our, that's our, that's our best defense and that's our best offense. Okay? That's number two. I'm a child of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm a son of God. It's, it's crazy because in the passage we read, we didn't have time to go over it, but um, the Spirit gives us the power not only to say Father, but to say Daddy. Because Abba is is the language that Jesus spoke um, is the word for daddy in that language. So we have the power to have this face-to-face relationship. We no longer have to say, come God. No, he's here. Um, and those are the two things. This is, this is a week to change the way that we, we pray. And this is a week to change the way that we, that we understand the love of the Father. Just as Jeff shared, um, the father, any good parent, right? Any good parent, if their child is sincere, they can tell their sincerity and they'll take them back, right? Whether it's a week, a month, years. Jesus told us about the, the, the unrighteous judge who even listened to the complaint of the widow because she was so persistent. How much more does the Father have love for us and desire to respond to us and to answer to us? The, the good, loving Father. So I want to exhort you guys, I want to encourage you guys in those areas, and I'd like to just pray for you. And then we'll go on with communion. Father, we praise you because you are here. And because you have made us your children. You didn't have to do this, but you did this. So we ask, Lord, 
that you would give us more of this realization and that you'd help us to get closer to you and you'd help us to listen to you because you're here. And you'd help us to go into each day victorious children, not slaves and not orphans, but children of God. We thank you for this, Lord, and we thank you for this revolution that Jesus presented to his disciples. We thank you for this word that Jesus that you presented Jeff and we thank you for this word that you're giving us Lord open our hearts to receive it in the name of Jesus we ask and pray and give thanks amen amen thank you guys